You're listening to OnRamp, and I'm your host, Carrie Fisher. And I'm your host, Shane Blackshear. Two Christians talking about race. Because everyone needs a jumping on point. This is OnRamp. This is OnRamp. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about the impacts of slavery and Jim Crow. Yes. So a lot of times what I hear in culture or in classrooms or anywhere is sort of an explicit or implicit question around why are we still sort of talking about, if not racism, certainly why are we still talking about slavery? I mean, it was a long time ago. And, you know, I think a lot of people when they think about slavery in particular, think of it as like, dinosaur times it's like ancient why yeah why would we be talking about this or how does it impact us and some of that has to do with certain amounts of privilege that we might have where we say it doesn't really impact us when I think about my own personal experience of thinking about this it's only been maybe since I've been an adult where I really thought about it and realized that you know, I'm a relatively young person. I'm in my early thirties and, um, maybe mid thirties. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had a realization on the, the middle of the podcast. Yeah, super sad. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, my parents drank out of, um, segregated water fountains and went to segregated schools, which meant, which impacted, whether or not they went to college and what kind of college degrees they were able to get. And when I think about my dad's grandfather, he was a slave. And so, you know, the person who parents me knows a slave and that, and heard the story of that person coming to Texas from Arkansas and his mother being sold for a thousand dollars on the path to Texas And, um, so it's really, first of all, I would say most importantly, not as long ago as it seems like it for some of us who are just like thinking about what we learned in history class, if we learned anything about slavery. And, um, you know, I think there are many ways seen and unseen that this comes up in the life of a person of color that can be surprisingly challenging and meaningful um, out of nowhere. I think of another time that you've heard me talk about Shane, that um, I was doing some like family investigation and I went to the library and I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I was, I had read somewhere that I should um, look at the census data to try to find the certain relative And so I I asked the librarian for help and she kind of went and talked with a colleague and she came back sort of cheerfully and said, oh, you need to look in the um, property records. Oh, my goodness. And, um, you know, that was really. It felt uh, like an assault, you know, it felt like can't believe she just said that to me (laughs) yeah I can't believe she just told me to look for my family member in the property records without 
a hint of compassion, which I don't know necessarily that it was her job as a librarian to have compassion on me in that moment or predict how it would make me feel. But there was something about it that was like other people are not going through the world like this, Mm. having to hear that sort of thing. So I think just like at a basic personal level, those are the things that I think about when people, when I hear other people around me sort of poo pooing the notion that, um, we should be thinking or talking about slavery or that, that those impacts are still alive and well. Yeah. Well, I'll do like I'll do you one better and you're oh, I think you were well I think you were um being too gracious cuz I think that the underlying sentiment a lot of times is this was over a long time ago why haven't black people gotten their act together Yeah I think that's the sentiment Yeah definitely that that people comes are out saying as well. mm-hmm. Yeah So let's start with slavery you and I had a conversation a while back um, when I was first made known to uh, what's called the Moynihan Report, do you remember us mm-hmm. talking about yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think of, um, it was named after the the man who made the report, and I cannot think of his first name, but he he was, uh, was a politician um, and, and just kind of an intellectual. He came out with this report, I think during like Lyndon Johnson's presidency. Okay. And basically... It was a was a report on tracing the African American family, and basically his report concluded that the effects of slavery were part of the reasons why why African Americans were experiencing so many struggles mm-hmm. in present day. So you know, it came out like late sixties, early seventies, and you know, said that, um, hey, there's been lasting effects of of slavery. And so at the time, um, you know, people have different opinions on the Moynihan Report, but you know, Martin Luther King Jr. praised it for its, you know, what it found. At least capturing that. Yeah, for, yeah for capturing that. I mean, there's generally uh, a positive positive feeling towards that report for what it did, for what it captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, obviously it, it's a devastating thing. You, you know, you may want to like, maybe we'll have like a link to the Wikipedia article on that. So you can read up more on that. But the really, the underlying idea is that just the way we are as human beings, things are passed down from generation to generation. And that's just a very human thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's on every level. I mean, it, it, traditions and fears and anxieties and parenting are passed down but also like genetically the effects of we're learning more and more every day about the effects of trauma and how it actually changes brain structures and actually changes dna DNA, yeah yeah and so you know it's not just a matter of some of that notion of why haven't people gotten it together is like well, because like the blood pressure is, to, you know, it's not just a matter trauma of trauma and PTSD. Yeah. And, yeah. It's not just making choices. It's yeah, some really intense, multidimensional ways that things have been passed down. Well, if you think about like um, just how different people groups are 
um, not even talking about race, but just different people groups are, even inside the United States, how people in the South act a little bit differently than people in the North. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, today, there's not a lot of reason for that. Like we are pretty much live in the same culture like we we watch the same tv and take in the same media yeah there should be a lot of reasons that we're more similar that's right but we're still very different in ways and those are because things were passed down from us in different cultures um we've so second malcolm gladwell book to mention in the podcast um outliers yeah um again that book is not about race or racism um but makes a very compelling case for how things, the way life was for people in the South has affected generations so that people today in the South and the North are different from each other. Um, And those things are, they're passed down. It's just a very human thing. And and so, you know, some of that is, um, we're learning more today that some of that is like biological and scientific, right? Um, But a lot of that is also nurture as well. Like Mm -hmm. our, you know, uh, the way that we were taught and raised and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, one of the, well, first of all, I want to make sure that we say, hopefully people know this, but you know, we're not presupposing here. We've said a couple of times that there's this notion of like, why haven't black people got together? Or we're not presupposing that black people haven't gotten it together. Uh, yeah, that's right. So we're obviously like, we have done a lot in these episodes of this podcast. We're playing a lot of devil's advocate. Yeah. We're here. sort of like taking some things that are out there and, and discussing them. But, but I, you know, also what I think about from that Malcolm Gladwell book is the great comparison he made around what it would be like to be an indoor and an outdoor slave um, sort of, you know, back from his, his own familial roots and some of the advantages that he had um, by virtue of the fact of having some white ancestry um, that are not just advantages of like people prefer lighter shades of skin, but like people had the opportunity to read, which then meant they had the opportunity to go to college and, and those effects strongly impact generation after generation when compared with someone who's had, um, you know, basically trauma after trauma inflicted on them in a, um, more outwardly physically violent experience of, of slavery. And so, um, that's one thing that comes to mind when I think about that book as well. So, you know, that's, we've talked about slavery, Jim Crow, as you said, like your parents were, when they were kids, were in the middle of Jim Crow. So like that is, it it is strange because I think like people you're in my age, carry like it really, it does still feels like ancient history. It does. And, and not so much because like we think of the sixties or, or <laughs> being, as being that long ago, but it seems it seems ancient history because it seems barbaric, right? Like That's it seems right. so foreign. That's right. Like we, it'd be very hard for, for as much and many types of racism as we've experienced and seen in our lives, the very blatant uh, separation and differences in opportunities is something that does. That's the perfect word for it. It seems barbaric in a way that it would be hard to imagine that someone that I've touched. Yeah. Actually, just one generation away, just one generation we went through. It. And, you know, just hopping back to slavery for a minute. What, one thing that I did want to say is that 
even some of the um, ways in which someone had to survive as a slave, a way that I often think about how slavery continues to impact us today is um, that often slaves um, in order to protect their children needed to be harsh in a way that proved Mm. to the master that they had control of their children and the master didn't need to um, abuse the child. And so uh, some of the differences not across all people of color or, or, or not excluded for people who are white, but some of the differences we sometimes see in terms of personality, parenting are, are also things that are not, so much choices necessarily, but a pattern of style that was responsive to uh, and really driven by love to survive in a world that was barbaric and torturous. Mm. And so something that might seem on its head, like maybe um, strict or harsh or something like that could actually be, um, an extreme form of love, um, that you wouldn't know if you hadn't experienced it yeah. or rubbed That's up against it in some way. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, back to Jim Crow stuff. It is, it's also, it's hard to think about just like it, within one generation or maybe two for some of us, the, I have so many blind spots in what it means to be a person of color for my age compared to someone like my parents or my grandparents and the sort of um, presumptions they might have about white people, the sorts of trust or lack of trust they might have for institutions, the the degree to which they believe in integration or disintegration, you know, like um, I think there are people my parents' age who um really appreciated commu- being in communities that were exclusively of color sure. and even if it was even if they were sometimes not getting the resources and opportunities there sure was a hard transition to integrating mm. um and being definitely the other in systems where before you were the other, but you were the other with everybody else and you weren't sort of scattered and broken up. And so I might have this really romantic notion that always everywhere there should be complete diversity. And that has to do with my experience of the world and um, maybe my own disconnect from what it would have been like to be in times of segregation or slavery and just, a little bit back on my historical chain. I'm sure there had to be a, uh, like a real sense of safety when mm-hmm. they were with just in places that were only places with other black folks, you know? Yeah. And especially the people who, who in power, you know, the doctors yeah. or the teachers and yeah, yeah, that's good. So, you know, I think what we wanted to discuss in this episode was just the idea that, slavery and the Jim Crow era one were not that long ago mm-hmm. that that kind of trauma has impacts on people for generations and generations and and so you know not only 
not only do people of color have to deal with ongoing racism. Current day racism. Yeah, yeah that they're still experiencing today, um, but they're also dealing with uh, much more uh, blatant and harsh racism of days past. Yeah, and um, white people are still um, dealing with those same things too in various ways. There's a really good book that I read this summer called The Hidden Wound by, um, it's Wendell Berry, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was sort of thinking like, is that a blues singer or is that (laughs) a farmer writer? Um, And uh, he talks a lot, I think, in a really smart and sensitive way about just the different type of trauma and pain for people for white people and being perpetrators of and or viewers of that type of cruelty and confusion um, particularly maybe particularly in the south where there was even more convoluted relationships between black and white people than maybe some parts of the north where maybe they're just were no black people you know so that's it for this week's episode of on ramp be sure to subscribe rate and review on ramp on itunes to help keep the show front and center thanks for listening and we'll see you next time